It seems that every year that I have a game that comes out that becomes kind of an addiction for me. Um, and it, it, it usually is always these giant open world exploration type games that I just I go full in on. I, I just get really sucked into the world and I really I just kind of obsess about the game. Not really obsessed, but, you know, I just I, w- I want to constantly play it um, and you know, last year I had it, and it's actually kind of funny. Last year I had it with Breath of the Wild. Uh, I, I replayed Breath of the Wild, and I just I, I went all in on it again. Um, it happened the year before when Breath of the Wild first came out. Uh, I got really obsessed with it. Um, but 10 years ago, or not exactly 10 years ago, but almost 10 years ago, there was another game that had come out that gave me the same feeling. Um, that game was Fallout New Vegas, and... It will forever be one of my favorite games that I've ever played. Uh, I just loved the storytelling. Um, the game had a very interesting, you know, lore to it. It, it. The writing was immensely detailed, and you could pretty much play the game however you wanted. If you wanted to go through the game without firing a single bullet, you can do that. If you want, you know, you know the the uh, Todd Howard memes. You see it on a mountain, you can climb it. Um, you know. Not necessarily that, um, because there's always limitations in these types of games. But, speaking of Fallout, we did have a Fallout-esque game come out recently called The Outer Worlds. And The Outer Worlds is is more or less uh, Space New Vegas. It's developed by the same company, Obsidian Entertainment. Um, and I kind of wanted to go over the history of why the game feels like a Fallout game, why the game kind of has that inspiration behind it um, and it's more or less because it's the same developers of the original series and we'll go over that tonight and we'll, we'll kind of show you we'll kind of sh- not really I, again I don't have a lot of visuals today because this is just a discussion and I, I want to show I want to talk to you about how really the developers and the intent of the game makes a huge difference in terms of the way the game progresses and how a, a franchise can more or less be butchered by another another company so tonight we're going to be talking about that and uh again (laughs) we'll we'll go over it i'll give you my general uh um my general thoughts on outer worlds and we'll discuss some other things as well so that's going to be happening tonight on the show and again everybody this this is just another neckbeards podcast Welcome back, everybody. My name's Chris again, and I'm your host. Uh, I'm going to try and start introing these a little better uh, because I kind of feel like I'm always all over the place with my intro. But, uh, well, again, I don't even know why I even bother telling you this. Uh, I kind of just want to give you an idea of how things change all the time just because it's it's just what I do. Um, so hopefully I can get over that and then, or you'll either get used to it. Um, but for those of you watching the video today, um, there's not a lot of visuals prepared. It's just kind of me on camera. Uh, so if you like that part, go ahead. Feel free to tune into the YouTube channel. Um, otherwise, uh, just take it on the go with you and listen to it. Because there's not, again, I don't have a lot of visuals prepared. Or actually, really any at all. Um, so we're going to be talking about the Outer Worlds. And uh, uh, mostly we're going to be talking about the difference between Bethesda's and Obsidian's development. Um how they develop games and their ideologies on that certain stuff. So um, first I want to talk about my general thoughts on the Outer Worlds before we kind of get into the comparisons. Um, And I'm going to tell you right now, if you have any doubts about, first of all, if you're a fan of open world games and you're a fan of really in-depth storytelling and like, um, like a, not it's not really a post-apocalyptic world it's just kind of like a explorative like space adventure type game uh if any of that sounds appealing to you i highly recommend the game i I, it's an amazing game i've had an insane amount of fun with it and you can get it for a dollar right now so there's really no reason for you to get it because 
Um, the game's available. Uh, one of the unique things about it, one of the cool things in, uh, about it is it's on um, Xbox's Game Pass. And for those of you that don't know what uh, the Xbox Game Pass is, it's basically a monthly fee um, that you pay. And it's not even that much, it's like $15 a month. Um, so, uh, and for people that buy new games every month, I can see why this is something that would appeal to them. Uh, so you pay per month for the game, but it's basically you just get, you download the game that you want to play. Uh, and then you just, it's almost like a, kind of like a, what is that service? There's a, there, um, it's not Netflix. It's, it's like a Netflix type service, but where they mail you a game, Gamefly, that's, that's it. Uh, it's kind of like Gamefly, which is kind of like that mail-in service where you get a rental. It's like you pay monthly for it, but you can kind of swap games whatever you want. Game Pass is more of the same way, but it's a digital version of it. Um, and I know Xbox is kind of promoting it right now, and you can join it for a dollar. Uh, so you can get, and uh, Outer Worlds is one of those games that you can get right now. I mean, there's a limited library that they allow you to do on. Um, but the Outer Worlds is one of those games that you can get on that library right now. So you can get the game for a dollar. Um, normally a $60 game. And if you're somebody like me that likes to support the studios that like a studio that you're really passionate about, I, I would obviously advise you to just go ahead and purchase the game fully. Um, um, but if you're somebody on a budget like me as well, you can get the game for a dollar and you, by, I guarantee you by the time the month's over, you'll get all you need out of that game because, um, there's been some people that say that the game isn't as long as some of the other games out there in terms of an open world, but that's obviously it's only always when you're just rushing the main quest, the game's never going to go that fast anyway. So there's a lot, obviously like, um, bad, you know, <laughs> there's obviously things people do that can kind of cause that, uh, when they try to go through a game as fast as possible. However, um, one of the things about the game that I really love is the storytelling, um, and it it really has an uh, like a really deep, deep lore. I mean, not a deep lore, but it has a deep uh, writing for the story. There's some information you can find about the uh, world and some of the background of it, um, but it's not uh, some of the stuff. I haven't beaten the game yet. Uh, I have no idea even how far I am in the game. Uh, to be honest, but I put a lot of hours into it now. I've put probably close to 20 hours into the game. Uh, so I kind of feel like I have a full idea of it, Kind of can kind of give my opinion on it. Um, but the storytelling is really good. Uh, I mean, I can't phrase it enough how much your choices and how many dialogue options you get. And it, I mean, it, it has, if you played Fallout New Vegas, I, I really can't make this comparison enough because it's the it's the best and easiest comparison you can make to it. If you played Fallout New Vegas and you liked Fallout New Vegas in any way, you're gonna love this game uh, because it's it's just New Vegas but with a lot more like it's space New Vegas. It has an entirely different world to it. It has a lot better combat mechanics to it because it's not bogged down by Fallout 3's combat. Um. You can specialize your character in certain uh, certain ways, um, but the reality is, is the the best the best spec you can do for the game, from what I've seen, is dialogue, uh, because there's so much dialogue in the game, and you can get you can get away with anything if you can just talk your way out of the game. It's pretty cool. Uh, the only thing that you can't talk to, obviously, is like uh, uh, the animals and stuff. Um, I think some of the marauders uh, you can't like will try to attack you anyway. Um, but you, you know, there's all, there's ways around all that stuff anyway, but I really recommend if you liked that type of game or if you loved the, the entirety of that as well, it's something you should really think about trying or picking up because it's just, it's, it's, it's good. It's so good. I can't stress it enough how, how interesting all the characters are written, written, you can go through all these different dialogue paths and you might end up with a result that you don't like. You know, the the world's kind of built around these, like, corporations that have landed in this galaxy that kind of, uh, you know, spread out and established their own, like, kind of, like, clans where they have, like, this overall, you know, corporate. It has this overall corporate feel to it for all the places. So there's people that are unhappy with it because they don't like how slow the corporate helps them out or all these other issues that they seem to have. But th there's just all, there's a lot to the game. And it's, it, I, again, I, I don't know why it's just, it's fun. It's so fun to like go through all of that, to read all of it, 
help people out or you can not help people out people out and this is it's i mean you have all these different weapons that you can use there's a, a large variety of it there's just so much to the game that i i, I love it I, I can't get enough of it right now uh, and this is what what inspired me to do this episode because i just i love the game so much i want to bring more awareness about it uh, and i i kind of wanted to I, and again i can't just come up on the mic and do a show about Brett, you know, buy the game, buy the game, buy the game. Um, especially for a dollar right now. Like it's, it's a good, it's, it's something people should try. And I think you, I think a lot of people that enjoy like at least open world games, if you like something like that, you'll get some enjoyment out of it. Um, as far as it being an open world game, there are some issues I do have with it because the maps. So, it's not located, so I'm going to kind of spoil this a little bit. It's not something that's really a spoiler. You, you, know, you figure it out right away. Um, but the map is kind of small right away when you start playing the game. Um, it doesn't seem like a very large map for it being an open world game. However, it is a pretty decently sized map for the first area. Uh, well, you actually end up getting to go from planet to planet. There's multiple planets that you get to travel to, and they each have their own map on that section but there's also certain sections that have their own map kind of like uh, a smaller section of that place you're going to so instead of like saying you're exploring like to again to bring the comparison to fallout new vegas say new vegas you have this square right you have basically a square of area that you get to travel and in that square it's basically surrounded by mountains that you can't cross um you know uh Outer Worlds kind of has like similar setup to that, but it's more secluded for certain sections of each planet. And in those sections, you can go to different places, find new quests, or explore abandoned buildings, or you know find buildings that have been taken over by marauders and stuff like that. Um, and you know you obviously go through like that. You want to you have your main quest that you can deal with, but you can go throughout deal with it however you want and. Dialogue is a little broken um, as far as if you invest in it early because you can kind of skip some of the stuff right away, which is good for some people that want to try to get through it. Um, Obsidian always kind of does that with their games. They kind of heavily emphasize dialogue options for people because they want people to invest in that. They want people to kind of get the story of it because uh, honestly, honestly, the dialogue is about 50% of this game. Uh, like the dialogue options, all the, the ways the quest can go. And you can kind of build your own path through them like that. Um, they kind of have, it, it's almost like half the game. That's half the game. And then, you know, the other half is exploring combat and, you know, uh, building your character and stuff like that. Like, there's just, there's a lot to it. Everything's voice acted, which is great. Um, the voice acting is, is pretty decent. Um, uh, a few of them have been uh, hit and miss. Uh, some of the random NPCs that you might hear are kind of like, ah, it's, a, it's not amazing, um, but that's okay. Uh, for the most part, all of the main ones that I've heard have been pretty spot on. Uh, all the characters have like their own little facial expressions that they make. The detail on the graphics is really good. Uh, it's a very nice looking game. Um, even on my not so advanced PC, I can, I can run it uh, fairly high um you know with tweaks to it um so it's not it's not perfect but i don't expect it to be uh you know my my computer isn't really top of the line it's about mid grade i would say it's it's better than my ps4 i think it's better than my ps4 but it's not as good as like a really top of the line thing that people you know try to push for 240 uh 240 fps and um uh, you know uh i got to have a um 4k monitor like i don't do any of that stuff because i'm not that into it but um that doesn't matter <laughs> you know that doesn't matter anyway so um again i'm kind of gonna uh i'm not here to really brag about the game and tell you to go out and buy it and that be the whole show so let's i've already given my opinion on it i really think you should try it and give it out but let's go ahead and take a look at the company behind the game which is obsidian entertainment now uh, Obsidian Entertainment came about basically from Fallout New Vegas. Um, uh, that was like their first game that they developed. Uh, later on, they would help develop some of the South Park games. Um, I believe there's a few others that have come about. I think they helped with 
one of another of Bethesda games. I believe it was. Um, it might have been Dishonored, but I could be completely wrong about that. Uh, but Obsidian has a certain way about their games. They were they're very they they very heavily emphasize storytelling. Um, they really it's not all about the combat or about the uh, um um about the actions that you do it's about the world and your impact on it and that that's something that kind of sticks with all of obsidian's games so looking back uh you want to kind of like so you see what like obsidian does and like again i'm sorry for my really bad dialogue right now because none of this is scripted so i say ums uhs likes and things like that all the time i'm trying not to but we take a look at the company, um, and Obsidian came about from old employees that worked on. Okay, so why don't we start? Why don't we start off with the uh, what I wanted to talk about? So, Obsidian came about is a, a group of employees that used to uh, develop. I believe it was Inter Interplay. Um, maybe might have been. Yeah, I believe it was Interplay, and then Sierra Games was the publisher. So. Um, they're an old uh, developers from an older company, and that older company was the ones that developed Fallout. They they were the old developers of the first uh, first few Fallout games, Fallout One, Fallout Two, and I believe Tactics or maybe another one. Um, but they were the ones that developed the original franchise of Fallout, and eventually, uh, you know, eventually that company went under and if for those of you that haven't played the original fallout games the fallout one and two are basically top-down isometric uh rpg games that are kind of you know they have this uh um uh, the combat in the game is more or less like you just click on your enemy you choose that you want to shoot there wasn't you know it wasn't this you had you could explore the map but the map wasn't um uh, known to you right away you know you had to go out and find all these things it was very uh, an open-ended game as far as how you could do, go about it and even in the first fallout game you could uh you could basically fail the game immediately like they like this is what i like about obsidian is they let you they let if you mess something up they let you fail they let you fail quests they let you mess up the mission they let you do that um because there's a, there's consequences to your actions, and they they allow that to be shown in their games. And Fallout was kind of like an underground hit. It wasn't. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a really popular game in the '90s. Um, not a lot of. Uh, uh, again, I was still growing up at that time, so I didn't see games like that. But I couldn't ever find anything about uh, really anybody really loving the game uh, as far as like message boards or anything like that. Obviously, there's if you search out specific boards for that, you'll find people talking about it, but you, it's hard to find stuff. People talk about it outside of that, outside of those, that small culture of people that enjoyed the game. Um, but obviously you can see what happened to it is the, the, the fallout name, the fallout franchise eventually kind of fell because not a lot of people played the games. It wasn't a very, uh, widely known game. Um, so, but uh, in comes Bethesda. Bethesda buys the rights to the Fallout name uh, because the company goes under. They had to sell the name. So uh, Bethesda buys the Fallout name and they develop their own, uh, which was Fallout Three, and they develop Fallout Three using the same engine that they used to build Obsidian, which is the same engine they used to build, um, or not Obsidian, uh, is the to Oblivion, sorry, they use the same engine uh, from Oblivion to build the game, and that same engine is the same one that they used to build El Elder Scrolls Three, uh, Morrowind, and I'm not sure about the previous entries, but I believe that engine is still being used today by Bethesda, by the way, um, which is I think game the Gamebryo engine or something like that, but. They reused this engine a lot, and uh, so they reused the engine to build Fallout 3. Uh, a lot of people loved it because uh, Bethesda is a big company. They were a big name at this point, and anything they had attached their name to, because Oblivion was such a popular game, it was a huge, huge launch title for the Xbox 360. Uh, it had almost become a household name, 
And so when Fallout 3 comes out, they push this game hard. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, reviewers, and this is also in the age of where we're getting more internet attention, a lot uh, more online reviews, not so much relying on magazines. Um, YouTube's coming up, uh, and so you, people can post videos on YouTube, which is easier for people to go visit and watch. And you had these people, uh, are, you get more attention for this game. And obviously, it's a, they revised the game to become a first-person shooter, which is a lot easier for people, um, which this is when first-person shooters are kind of peaking and getting at their, at their height, where everybody's trying to make first-person shooters, thanks to Call of Duty. Uh, and Medal of Honor and those types of franchises. Um, so they're they're they make him they make uh, Fallout Three a first person shooter. So it's easier for people to kind of uh, get an idea of what the game is. Um, there's not really anything you can get locked out of for the game. Uh, there's I don't believe there's any quest you can actually fail. As far as some of the uh, the game goes, I know that there's certain actions that you can take that a lot prevent you from getting to certain stuff. But as far as the game goes, you basically have a couple paths that you can go down good or bad. And then that's it. You either go one way or the other is not really an in between. Um, and the choices that you make don't really kind of prevent you from doing everything in the game because it's more or less people will just comment on it. Um, but they added a variety of weapons. Uh, they made it. They made the combat kind of fun for you to play, where you could have these uh, unique weapons that you could build or find. Um, you had the whole wasteland that you could kind of explore and get a better look of it. Uh, so it was a really popular game. A lot of people enjoyed it. And so, you know, Bethesda they still have the rights to the game, um, but they don't have the time to make another game based off of that. So they handed it off. Again, they handed it off over to Obsidian. And Obsidian is a team that was developed, or, you know, is a team of the original writers, the original uh, programmers and creators of Fallout. And so they took their skills to create Fallout New Vegas um, using the same engine that Fallout 3 was built on. It helped cut time on it. Um, they developed... Uh, you know, all the a uh, bunch of new weapons, uh, recycled in some old ones because it's it, you know it's easier that way. Um, they added some new combat mechanics with iron sights, um, and they added some new uh, abilities for you to unlock for perks. But they, uh, you know, they they also kind of changed the way the game is. Uh, you know, in Fallout Three, uh, your dialogue can be you can basically. Um, <laughs> save scum which is a term for you just save and if you fail something you reload it um you didn't really have to have uh there wasn't like a threshold that you had to pass in order to pass certain checks for the game so if there was a dialogue like a speech check if you had speech of one say you had speech one which was like a one percent chance of it working um just i don't know if that's exact or not but that's kind of where it's going uh, say you could click that action and it didn't work. Well, if you what you do is you save beforehand and then you reload and then you try again and you just keep going until you eventually pass the check. Um, and Fallout New Vegas, you couldn't do that. Uh, they added a hard cap on the threshold, so if you didn't if you didn't pass that cap, you didn't have access to it. So you had say you had to have fifty speech in order to pass the check. If you only had twenty. You're not going to, you, you can select it, but you'll just fail it. Uh, you'll never pass it until you actually go beyond that threshold, which is good. It opens up a lot of uniqueness for it. And they also, they take a different development route for the game where, you know, there's not really a good or a bad path. There's very like clearly defined, like this one's probably the good guys and this one's probably the bad guys, but that's really up for you to decide on how, how the actions proceed about it because each of the factions that you go go with have their own f strengths they have their own flaws they have their own ideologies that you can either agree with or disagree with and there's a lot of in-between stuff that you can do as well and if you go down one path you can kind of branch into the other one but you know there's obviously a point at the end of the game where if you if you don't play your car like you're going to have to pick one. There's only there's four distinct endings to the game and you're going you're going to kind of have to pick one. 
that you want to go down, but you could build your character in a very specific way that you kind of have an idea of where they're going to go for it. And a lot of that ideology transfers into a lot of Obsidian's games. Um, but, again, because Obsidian has a different ideology for that game, it doesn't really get transferred back over to Bethesda. So when Fallout 4 is eventually developed, they don't, ha- you know, it's still, it's re- developed by Bethesda again. They kind of reuse the engine that they used in Skyrim, uh, Elder Scrolls 5, which is just a tweaked version of the Gamebryo engine from Elder Scrolls 4. So it's really more or less the same engine. They just kind of tweaked it to allow some more stuff to it. Um, but a lot of people, this is kind of when a lot of people realize that Fallout is not really a franchise that's best held in Bethesda's hands because they kind of butcher it a lot. Uh, and uh, that was given very evident when we first saw the dialogue that characters could go through in the game. Um, and the choices were either a positive reaction, a negative reaction, a sarcastic reaction, or no reaction. So it was more or less, there wasn't really anything to go with the game. And you could just, you could be the most sarcastic person the whole uh, entire of the game, entirety of the game. And it doesn't matter. Like anything you do in the game, it doesn't matter because you'll never get locked out of quests. You can do everything by that. You can do every quest by every person in the game. It doesn't matter. You can't fail quests. Uh, there's only four quests, which are like the end game quests that you have to kind of do um, in order to get one of the four endings because they have four endings in Fallout 4. Um, but what, again, this is kind of where instead of making the game more of an RPG, they focused more on combat and making it a first person shooter with, you know, some dialogue in it that kind of gives you an idea of what you're doing. And that's pretty evident when we saw how the game was promoted. We saw how the game was kind of advertised towards people or, you know, marketed. And we have more first-person shooter mechanics in the game, which is good. Um, the The gunplay is really is a much better than any of the previous Fallout games in Fallout 4. We get to see that. You have this huge customization of your weapons. You can kind of mix and match making your own parts for them, upgrade them. They'll have different aspects to it. So we did see a loss in weapon variety um, or, you know, different uh, weapons in general, but you could customize them however you wanted. So there was some uniqueness to that, which is a good thing. I liked the, I liked the customization in Fallout 4. But again, the dialogue is, is bare bones at best. It's, it's you know, you play as a, a frozen vault dweller, and your son's taken away, and then you're unfrozen. You got to go find your son. And spoiler, uh, spoiler for a game that's uh, uh, what is it? When did Fallout Four come out? 2015, um, maybe 2014. So it's like five years old now. Uh, it, it's the your son is the main villain of the game, more or less, uh, depending on how you view things. Uh, basically, your son is creating these synthetic people. Or you know these uh, robotic automatons uh, that they the plot is basic. If you've ever played a uh, Snatcher or wa- heard of the game Snatcher, it's more or less the same concept where or, or Terminator style, uh, I guess, where you're the main antagonists of the game are these robotic. Um, I I forgot what they're called because it's it's been a while. Um, robotic people that are more or less like flesh and metal combined. They're not really cyborgs because they're just a, uh, like a metallic frame with artificial uh, skin, muscles, and bone, uh, not bones, skin and muscles around that uh, uh, metallic frame. And they kind of create these artificial humans with, uh, you know, artificial brains and stuff like that. Um, I, I really wish I remembered what they were called. <laughs> uh, but they kind of are taking our, you know, they're uh, slowly implementing themselves into society and taking over people's places um, and taking over that person's life. And that's that's what happened. That's the plot of Snatcher is these these robots taking people's places and wearing like their skin, more or less. Um, but, they, they, you know, there's limitations to them. 
Uh, and that's that's kind of what the main villain is doing in Fallout 4. He's trying to like make the entire wasteland full of these people. Um, just be something something about like there's no flaws in them. It, it's it's super villainous type of storytelling. It's just it's it's butchering what kind of the original intent of Fallout was. Now there was some wacky and crazy stuff in the Fallout franchise in general. Like there's super mutants which are these like hulk-esque uh beings that are uh basically genetically modified humans that became these you know giant muscle-bound hulk people uh there is um there's ghouls which are like zombified people that are people that survived the blast and the radiation like melted their or like fused their skin and muscles together or something like that and they're just kind of like these rotting people um, but they're like more or less they live like thousands of years or hundreds of years because they're almost like immune to the radiation that's out there. Uh, some of them can thrive off of it, uh, but their rot- brains start to rot over the years and they become feral. So they're like zombified people almost. There's a lot of this crazy stuff in the game. Um, I We don't really see any, much of that in uh, um, Outer Worlds. Uh, we see kind of some, it's more or less like, um, not mutant creatures, but they're like they're they're wild beasts and stuff like that. Um, it's just like regular marauders and things like that in the game. But again, we're gonna talk about Fallout Four. Um, so a lot of people didn't like the way the franchise was going from Fallout Four. Uh, I was one of those people uh, because I the first one I played was New Vegas. I loved the dialogue options. I loved all the in depth how in-depth all the quests were, all the different paths you could go about it. If you wanted to be sneaky about it on some of them, you could. There's multiple accounts of people. In fact, one of the big things that you want, if you want to get a difference on um, the quest ideologies or development ideologies between Obsidian and Bethesda as far as how a Fallout game goes, there's a very in-depth video. Um in fact, I'm, I'm going to try to look up the name of that video while we're uh, talking really quick. Um, there's a very in-depth video on YouTube that goes uh, basically how many branching paths there are in this very sing- in this one quest that there are in New Vegas. And let's see. Branching paths, New Vegas, white glove quest. Uh, let's see. Where could I find, it's called Beyond the Beef, but uh, I can't find the video right now. Um, It was, I I don't think it was even that popular. Let's see. Uh, Maybe if I just type in Beyond the Beef, we can find, I can find it. Um, Here it is. Uh, It's called. Uh, Anatomy of a Side Quest Beyond the Beef Game Maker's Toolkit. And it's an in-depth video on how many... In fact, I'll, I'll even bring it over here for you guys to see really quick. And I'll probably get striked for that. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen many strikes lately, so I think I'm, I think they're kind of giving up on... Yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's a very in-depth video. Um, I actually did... This is it, though. It's called Anatomy of a Side Quest Beyond the Beef Game Maker's Toolkit by... The channel of the same name, Game Maker's Toolkit. Um, I highly encourage anyone to really check it out. It's uh, three years old and it still only has 600,000 views, which is a good amount. Uh, but for something that I thought would have been really uh, like something that I thought would have really kicked off, it doesn't seem to have uh, as many views as I anticipated. But that's still a lot. That's 600,000 is a lot. Uh, I really encourage anybody to really check that uh, video out. It's a very good video. Uh, and I cannot emphasize enough how it really shows the in how in depth Obsidian goes with their quests and allows people to go about it. It really shows how poor Bethesda allows their stuff where it's very cut and dry. Here you go, here, here, and here, and then you're done with the quest. Uh, so check that video out. Um, but and so people kind of start to realize that uh, Bethesda doesn't really know how to make really in-depth fallout games uh or you know they have different ideologies for where the franchise wants to go compared to where the original creators of it had tried to bring some of that back into the game because fallout 3 we missed uh some of those dialogue options those quests branching quest paths 
Uh, we missed some of that, and then you know they brought him. Uh, the original developers come in, Obsidian comes in and uh, puts packs all that back into New Vegas and tries to help revitalize where that franchise should go. And then Fallout 4 just kind of throws all of that out the window and starts doing their own thing with it to try and make it more of an action-oriented game. Um, and, you know, they added the, the the one thing that they added that was kind of neat, which was the, the camp building stuff. But it was more or less useless because you're never really there anyway. You're just it's only there for a very specific thing in the quest, uh, main quest that you have to do, which is to build like a a, a generator or you know a transporter to get to the, basically the end of the game. Um, it's not the most amazing thing out there. There's some cool things that I've seen people do with it, but it's not anything really to sneeze or it's not really anything that's um uh, so incredible that it's it's worth the game but but some people do like that stuff and i can see why uh so fallout 4 is out for a while and eventually we get the big announcement that came about a couple years ago which was fallout 76 uh which was claimed to be 16 times the size or maybe it was 15 um 16 times the size of Fallout 4, which a lot of people complained that Fallout 4's map was a little bit smaller than that, if even 3, uh, that it wasn't as big of a map, it was more condensed. Uh, so we had people complain about that, so they said, okay, we're going to increase the map size, it's 16 times the game, or whatever, anything like that. And a lot of people freaked out, um, and then they also announced that it's a multiplayer game, um, with, it's a, uh, a multiplayer game that is can still be played as a single player game and a lot of people like that because a lot of people play Fallout as a single player experience but at the ability to play with friends sounds like it's fun but we ended up with the disaster that is Fallout 76 uh and I don't need to be the one to repeat this there's thousands of thousands of people complaining all the time on how bad Fallout 76 was how it's a just a garbage bag of a video game uh and it's really it's the bottom of it's scraping the bottom of the barrel of a franchise, throwing it together and seeing what you get because it's it's just a poor poor execution of a game and just a game in general. Uh, it's full of glitches. There's a lot there's a lot of game breaking stuff in the game. A lot of people complained about how broken um, the uh, map itself is you can clip through the map very easily in this game much like you could in fallout 4 uh there's certain parts of the game that just outright didn't work the building the building in the game because you could create your own camps with it which works for fall like the camp building aspect works for fallout 76 it's more or less an mmo styled game um but it, it's kind of it, it's not there's not much to the maps because the idea of the game is, is you're one of the first people out in this area uh of the vaults so um but there's no there's no npcs out in the world um it's all combat enemies all the quests are taken by uh um basically video or videotapes you pick up a videotape and you play it and you get a new quest uh so there's not like it's just not a it's not an interactive game uh, for a single player. It, it's it's built like an MMO, and I can see why they did that because they're trying to make it a multiplayer game where you could create your own factions in the game and uh, more or less go against people. But a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people hated the game. Uh, it got berated by critics and reviewers constantly. Uh, it, even people to this day still rip on the game. And speaking of Fallout 76, I can bring this up since I'm talking about it. They announced their own pay per instead of a monthly payment. So a lot of MMOs have subscription fees that you pay per month on them, um, and and that's fine. Uh, I can understand. Like I used to pay for World of Warcraft. I'll never pay for that game again. Um, but I used to when I played it, I used to pay for it. Uh, it was like fifteen a month. Um, and if you're somebody that plays the game all the time, it makes sense. And you know that's a, and World of Warcraft is obviously very uh, mostly well developed. Um, people that play the game nowadays will argue otherwise, but it's a mostly developed game that's um really it it, it has a re you have a reason to pay for it. Um, but nowadays, uh, a lot of people try to go free to play to get more people and get their uh. Uh, player base up higher uh, and 
Fallout 76 already kind of had like a, a, a more or less a established player base, uh, and this isn't going to help them at all. So what they announced is Fallout First, which is a not monthly, a yearly subscription fee. Um, so it's a one-time fee per year, I believe. And uh, I, I don't even really want to look it up because uh, I don't even think a lot of the information is really posted on their website right now uh, as far as the game, other than some of the things, that, the benefits of it. Um, because I tried looking it up earlier and, uh, well, more, first things first, the uh, actual website, uh, somebody took the domain Fallout first and <laughs> made a parody website for it because they were so, this is how much people don't like Fallout 76 is some guy took the time to steal a domain name or domain domain name sorry and create his own parody website of Fallout first saying just how bad the game was uh berating it and kind of insulting it it was very tongue in cheek it's really funny um there's archives of it if you ever want to look it up but uh um I believe you have to go on the Wayback machine if you want to find that so if you go to the Wayback machine and I think you can type in Fallout first uh, in the URL and, uh, anything before October 21st, either October is around the announcement of fallout first. Anytime around that announcement date of fallout first, you should be able to find, uh, some of this stuff. It's pretty funny. I definitely encourage people to check it out because I, I was laughing at it. Uh, and it really kind of shows how much people don't like the game anyway. So People were upset about this because it's it implementing features that people have been wanting for a long time for the game. Uh, one of them is private servers. Um, one another one is unlimited uh, an unlimited storage box because there's limited storage space for the players normally, um, and a lot of people like to hoard their uh, belongings. If anybody anybody any of you have ever played any of these games, I guarantee you, you do the same thing. You don't really. Uh, get rid of stuff all the time you kind of hoard all your extra stuff and you know leave it in storage and come get it if you ever need it the reality is you're probably never going to touch that stuff again uh, so it's easier to just it's better for you to just sell it or get rid of it um, and that's something I'm kind of learning with the outer worlds uh, I'm gonna have to start selling all my old equipment because it's just not worth carrying around it's it's just garbage lining up so we get to that and <laughs> so a lot of the players, uh, you you know, you also get. I think you also get like a specific, uh, like a special armor, uh, and a uh, some special emotes and stuff that like that you get in the game. But a lot of people wanted that stuff normally in the game, uh, especially the private server stuff because it's hard to get uh, connected with their friends already. And if you have a private server, you can kind of control things a lot easier, uh, rather than just random people popping in uh, trying to destroy your stuff, and then you're kind of out of it. Um, um, but it's a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars a year. So you're paying a hundred dollars a year for really something that people have already been wanting in the game. And, and this is where, this is where you kind of get like, end up with like a class. This is like almost like a class warfare for the game. So fallout first players have been, have been, or fallout 76 players have been reporting that fallout first subscribers are you know fallout first subscribers are being bullied by non-subscribers of fallout first because they have all that extra stuff or you know they, they're kind of more or less protesting against the game which is kind of funny because it's like if you didn't like fallout 76 why are you playing it that the reality is is if you didn't like the game like and this is what's funny is you can go to any of the internet boards and it's just full of people just hating on the game and just telling saying how bad it is and there's obviously fans of the game out there still, and those are the ones that are going to subscribe to stuff like this that they want. Um, but they more or less are being bullied. Uh, you know, uh, Fallout First subscribers are reporting that they're being bullied by non-subscribers of Fallout First. And, you know, whether that's harassing them with uh, the in-game voice chat or trying to lock them or, you know, try to, like, what I kind of describe it as is T-posing in front of them so that they can't move, uh, which I think is funny. They T-pose in front of doors so they can't go through. Uh, but it's it's just, it shows how how differing we all have views on this type of stuff. People were already saying that this, you know, yearly subscription service shouldn't exist anyway um 
But be at the same time this came out, the Outer Worlds came out, and this is what I loved about it, and, and it's so funny because it's showing you it's it, there. It's everybody that loves Fallout is coming over to the Outer Worlds and saying this is this is what we need to follow now because obsidian again is the original developers of fallout it's the same team that used to develop not a hundred percent by the way it's it's a mostly the same team that used to develop these games and people are saying look just go go to play go play outer worlds don't don't even bother with bethesda's versions of fallout like just go to the outer worlds it's yeah just go to the outer worlds (laughs) um just go to this franchise because it's something you're going to get your fix it's going to be what you wanted it's going to be what you want it to be and that's all you see on these message boards every time every time i've seen facebook uh comments i've seen twitter comments reddit posts of people just saying it's just people commenting on anything that's fallout related and say just forget fallout just go play the outer worlds and i'm so glad that people are coming to this realization because this is what they wanted this is this is a role playing game that has a very in-depth story it has a very um uh established like not really established it has a very um good feel to the combat like the combat's pretty good uh, I wouldn't say it's amazing. It's just generic. It's kind of generic first-person shooter stuff. Um, but that's what people expect from Fallout nowadays, and so they're going to get that from the Outer Worlds. Uh, the weapon variety is pretty cool. There's a lot of unique stuff you can do. It. Uh, you have a various. You can make a very specific character build. There's a lot to the game. And, and I, I again, I'm not going to sit here and just constantly tell you to go buy the game. But I really want you to encourage. I want to encourage you to all to go buy it. Because what you're getting from the Outer Worlds, rather than even what the Bethesda is still pushing, which is Fallout, uh, Fallout First or Fallout 76, really, because 76 doesn't have a story. It has it has quests that you can do. It's it, it, there's no the end game is a repetition of the normal game, and that's not what you're gonna like. It just feeds into itself like an MMO, uh, and. Even with the last one, Fallout 4, the dialogue was not there. It was just, it was, you could be sarcastic throughout the whole game and it doesn't matter. You could say yes or no. It doesn't matter. You can eventually come back and say yes because Bethesda doesn't like to lock you out of quests. They don't like to restrict players from doing stuff. But Obsidian, they'll say, well, you messed up. You made a mistake. You can't go there anymore. So you made this faction hate you. They're not going to want you around. Uh, it, and that's what a lot of people are starting to realize now. And I'm glad. I'm glad because a lot of people have said for years that Fallout New Vegas is the new is what you're gonna get for a modern Fallout game. And even with three, there was people that said people fans of the original franchise don't like three. They don't like three because it's it doesn't it's a butchering of the franchise. They, I mean they. For the most part, they don't like the game. Uh, I have seen people say that they still enjoy 3 and New Vegas, but I see more people saying that they enjoy New Vegas more than 3. Um, but even still, what's funny is just recently I saw a Twitter post that was celebrating the 11-year anniversary of Fallout 3. Um, and one of the very, f- like immediately if you read the comments, it's it's so funny because there's people that are like, oh yeah, I loved Fallout 3. And then there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I remember Fallout 3. This is kind of like the fall of the franchise. Go play Outer Worlds. Everybody's just saying, go play Outer Worlds. Just forget Fallout. It's it's awesome. I love that people are coming wise to this because I've been saying that for years that Fallout New Vegas is way better than 3. It's uh, And I've even tried to go back and play 3 and I just can't because it's just... There's not really much to the game like if, compared to New Vegas. New Vegas has so much going on with it. It's It's so fun to play. And I'm getting that again with the Outer Worlds, which is why I'm like so I'm so in on the game, you know. That's why I love it so much right now. Um, so uh, that's they're. It, <laughs> I'm sorry the 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 response that play people give on encouraging this game. I I love it. I love that people are encouraging this game and trying to help boost it. Even and xbox themselves are promoting the crap out of this game uh, because you can get it for a dollar on their game pass they want you to play this game and i want people to play it so it's a dollar if you don't have a dollar what's wrong with you you have a dollar you can find a dollar in your couch 
right now. I guarantee it. Uh, so that's going to kind of be it. Uh, I don't really have much else I want to say as far as the comparison between the two companies. There's a lot more people flocking towards Obsidian now, which I've, I'm, I'm so glad for because I, I want to see Obsidian develop more RPGs. I want to see them do, I want to see more of these. I want to see, like, I don't want more Outer Worlds. I'm glad the Outer Worlds exist. I don't want another Outer Worlds. Like, I don't want Outer Worlds 2. I want them to take this ideology and, uh, you know, apply it to different types of, like, scenarios different types of games like i would love to see a medieval type game uh dealt like this i would love to see a um i mean we already have a fallout which is like a fallout new vegas is more like a western uh type game uh um you know outer worlds is like a space type game i'd love i'd love to see it and uh like this done in more like a city uh type game as well kind of like a modern city scaped wor- uh, world that'd be kind of neat um but again that's all wishful thinking it's not it's not anything that needs to really come happen. That's just wishful thinking. Um, Outer Worlds is a great game. I, really, go go check it out. It's it's pretty good. Uh, if you want to check out some gameplay of it, uh, you guys can always check me. Um, if you go, I actually have a mixer page that I've been kind of streaming on uh, more or less. Sometimes, not always. Um, and that's at mixer.com slash the prodigy, which is the same name as my old YouTube channel. So if you ever checked out that old YouTube channel, uh, just type that in on mixer. Uh, you'll find the same page. Um, uh, or you can obviously uh, just go check out anybody else. There's plenty of people streaming the game right now. I would highly advise against um, just picking a random spot for the game because there's going to be spoilers for the game. Uh, so really you want to pick it up from right from the beginning just so you're not really throwing yourself right at the end of the game and ruining a lot of the integrity of it or you know just ruining, ruining what happens to the game. Uh, so don't do that. Um, but that's going to be it for today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I know it was kind of a explanation type one, but this is kind of what I wanted to do uh, for this one. Just uh, more or less a back. Not It's not even a back and forth. It's just kind of a, a opinion on how I have for the franchise and how I have my opinions on these two differing companies and their different values on game development and how really you can see a, a franchise come back from the uh, like you can kind of see a franchise get re uh re-grabbed by that same audience uh from somebody else um so that's going to be it for today uh thank you all for watching if you like this uh feel free to you know like subscribe all that other youtube stuff i kind of have to push to help promote growth for it um but again you can check it out here on the youtube channel uh, it's youtube.com uh, i don't have a U- custom url yet until i get to a certain threshold which kind of stinks um, but you can just look up uh, Just Another Neckbeard on YouTube, uh, or you can check it out on any of the mobile podcast stuff that you would normally uh, go on. Um, I'm really trying to push Apple Podcasts right now. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks again for joining me, and I will see you on the next one. Take care. <laughs>